0: Taylor Smoke, hey man how you doing today man this has been this is it's this is one of the most nicest places I've ever been in, in my whole life man I'm, I appreciate. <laughs> this that. is one of the better this is one of the better black-owned places I've ever been I was just talking to my cameraman about it uh, how there's been a handful of you know black-owned businesses that I can name that I've seen in my life that's actually been actually like real nice, but you have just upped the score, up the level to a whole different level, man. But I'm I'm glad you had me. I'm glad you've had me here today so we can talk about Taylor Smoke, man. Okay. Uh, well, song. look,
1: you, you've, been, you've been a little bit humble. You know, he, Emmanuel, was one of my very first employees. Yeah. When I got started, moved into my brick and mortar. He was my first host. Yes. Um, Worked your ass off and then, you know, started doing bigger and better things so i'm glad to see that you're doing well man man and, thank uh, you and thank you for helping me make this what it is today man. Thank
0: it all you. starts with the foundation thank you so much thank you so much man so i want to get to get to this first okay. how did you start taylor smoke where did taylor smoke come from
1: well you know this is a very interesting story i never set out to get into the cigar business mm-hmm. um i was working in corporate america and you know i had a little extra money and somebody approached me about being a partner in a cigar lounge venture. And so uh, I checked into it, decided to do it, but your know, word on the street was this guy's uh, reputation was a little bit questionable. So I said, okay, I'll do it under one condition I handle all the money. right? He agreed. I started researching, we set up a company. And then turns out the guy was a crook. Oh, man. So I dissolved that business but in the meantime i got knowledge on how to run the cigar business Mm -hmm. because i I love cigars already Mm -hmm. but now i know how to run the business okay then i met this other cat who had a little cigar business he was doing um like events and stuff he wanted to open up a website he didn't have the cash so we made an agreement that i would finance the website for part ownership of the business Mm -hmm. and uh after about six eight weeks he got himself into some financial trouble Mm -hmm. And so I said, Well, look, I'll take care of it, but you got to sign the business over to me 100%. Hmm. And, and he did. And the name of the website was TaylorSmoke.com. Oh, wow. And so I initially just got into it to recoup my investment. But um, things started doing well. I was selling online and I was doing uh, events. And then CIAA 2020, no, sorry, CIAA 2016 rolled around. And I rented a kiosk at the epicenter. Little did I know that that would change my life. Um, so my goal was just to get in, make some money, get out, leave it alone. Because I had a, you know, a full. I was an executive at, at a corporation, so you know, I really didn't have time. Mm-hmm. And we did so well there that the epicenter offered me a space, uh, a little outdoor space under the stairs, uh, at a really great price. Uh, so I was like, sure, I'll give it a shot. And we opened on Cinco de Mayo 2016, uh, Taylor Smoke cigar lounge. So it was like right beside the valley parking area. It had a little seating area that mm-hmm. people would wait for their cars. Mm-hmm. So I turned that into Taylor Smoke cigar lounge, put a couple of couches out there, had some music cigars and uh, things started off really well. But then in September, there was a police shooting in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And there was a riot right downtown, right across from the epicenter. Somebody actually got killed. And so we were down. Uh, And then um, after about, we got around in November, you know, people started coming back out, but it was cold. I had an outdoor cigar lounge. Mm -hmm. So we were really struggling. And I remember sitting there on December the 30th, uh, just reflecting over the year and thinking, you know what, I gave this a good run, I'm gonna give it up. And then the manager of the Ritz Carlton called, called me at 11.30 that night and said, hey, we got some VIPs that would like to smoke. I know you close at midnight, would you be willing to stay open later for them? He was like, of course. He was like, I'm gonna walk him over personal. I'm thinking, who in the hell is the manager of the Ritz Carlton gonna walk over here? Now remember, we well, had yeah. a little outside, I had a little tent in there. It was a little private, but it was, you know, So he shows up, six guys, he points up at one of them. He says, Hey, be good to just when it's his birthday tonight. I look up, it's LeBron James. Oh, wow. LeBron James, Tristan Thomas, a couple of coaches, a couple of bodyguards. And I was like, Lord, I hear you. I'm not going to give this up. Right. I'm not going to give this up. And so that's, uh, and the rest is really history.
0: Ooh, that's crazy. That's yeah. a crazy story. Yeah. That's crazy how that happened. And so, how many locations do you have right now?
1: I have two right now. I have the original location at the epicenter. We moved. So that was 2016. Mm-hmm. We moved into a brick and mortar uh, at the epicenter in March of 2018. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I opened this. I actually started construction on this in November of 2019. Mm-hmm. Quit my day job, mm-hmm. in December of 2019. Did the build out, got ready to open this in March of 2020 and COVID hit and everything was dead. Mm-hmm. And so um, for, phew, man, it was a struggle because Uptown was locked down from mm-hmm. March 17th to October 2nd, like black plastic on the windows. Right. We were up here and trying to sell cigars on the patio. I had the liquor, but I couldn't open the bar mm-hmm. on that. And then in July, I was able to finally open the
0: bar and we were able to get going,
1: but uh, we almost didn't make it.
0: Okay. And that's why I was saying, how, how important was that innovation to get like the cigars out of here to actually keep the business running? How important was that innovation for you? Because I know you had to get creative. Oh man, it, it
1: was critical, man. We were doing a Zoom event. So we, you know, get cigars and we set up a Zoom with different manufacturers and people were calling in about cigars. Mm-hmm. Um, we were selling, like when we couldn't let people walk in, we set the cigars up out on the patio and we're letting people smoke on the patio. Um, we were shipping cigars we were delivering cigars. Um, and it was, it was very, very challenging, Mm -hmm. but you know, at this point I didn't have my corporate job to fall back on. So it was like, we got to do something. I mean, uh, I'm not going to (laughs) die, you know, so I'm going to fight. Right. And, uh, and, you know, our, our customers, our regulars at Taylor smoke really support the business because a lot of guys what normally would buy some cigars online that they would smoke at home and then come here and buy what they smoke. Mm-hmm. Well they started buying online and they started coming over here buying boxes of cigars for their home as well. So that really it was really a big team effort.
0: I want you to, you know, harp on, you know, the entrepreneurship side of this too. I I don't think people understand the biggest risk you took is saying, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work for somebody anymore, I'm gonna work oh for God. myself. Oh my God. Yeah. That was huge, man, yeah. um,
1: because I had a 25 year career, mm-hmm. very high level, made a lot of money. And um, and I didn't have to worry about anything, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the check was gonna be there on the, and that direct deposit was gonna hit on the 15th and right. the 30th of the, every month, right? Rank, and don't matter what, it's gonna hit. Mm-hmm. Insurance was good, benefits was good, but the one thing that wasn't good is no matter how high of a level you are in a corporation there's still somebody above you and they can still dictate to you what you do and don't do Mm -hmm. and you know i got to the point and i and i had a great career but i got to the point where i found myself um, working in situations Mm -hmm. that i did not respect the leadership Mm -hmm. i did not respect and so, if I, if I didn't respect their approach, then I couldn't be effective in doing my job. Mm-hmm. And so, when it got to the point of me waking up every morning, like, damn, I gotta go back in here. I was like, I gotta do something different. Okay. And, and at that point in time, Taylor Smoke was growing mm-hmm. well. And so, I put a plan in place. I said, I'm gonna give myself a year. Because at first, you know, I was kind of managing it like a hobby, really. Mm -hmm. You know, just a little extra money side thing or whatever. But I started applying my business knowledge that I had from the corporate world Mm -hmm. to my personal business. And really the revenues and the profits started to really grow. And I got to the point where I was like, wait a minute, I can pay myself what they're paying me now.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out of here. (laughs) I'm out. And so I I think the biggest thing to take away from that is the whole risk factor of just doing that, like you really said oh i'm just gonna give all this up this good paying money this sharing something that that had you comfortable and said i'm gonna take a chance on myself mm-hmm. and i'm gonna do this thing full time
1: right yeah because one of the things think about i would think about how much money i made them mm-hmm. they were paying me well but it was only a teeny fraction of what i made them mm-hmm. i made this company hundreds of millions of dollars over the 25 years that yeah. I was in. Mm-hmm. They didn't pay me hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm like, you know, if I apply all of my, we were doing well at Tailored Smoke with just a part of my energy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I apply all of my energy to Tailored Smoke, mm-hmm. we'll have, I have this. The the right. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: And so being in this cigar business for so long now, what's your favorite part about it?
1: I love people, man. I, I genuinely, enjoy meeting and talking to people, mm-hmm. getting to know people. And so this product right here is designed to take your time to relax and converse with people. Mm-hmm. So I meet people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I meet famous people, I meet not famous people, I meet rich people, I meet poor people. And But inside of a cigar lounge, we're all just brothers and sisters at a leaf. Right. And so I, that's my favorite thing about the cigar industry.
0: I think that's what separates you from a lot of other business owners as well. Um, one thing I really respected about Preston is that he was—he never put himself above anybody. He'll clean. He'll sell you a cigar. He'll, He'll—he'll—he'll go behind the bar, make you a drink, or sell you a cigar, and talk to you like you're just a regular person. And, so, and that was one of the things that kind of. Well, just to add on to the well just to piggyback on that, like how cigars bring about communication and person person personalities and brings everybody together. I yeah. think that was the biggest part for me. The first thing I saw about you is that he never put himself above anybody right
1: and and I'm, and I'm not above anybody right? okay. we' all we're all just people we're doing we're doing things in our circle you know um, and and I also. The other part of that is you don't put anybody above yourself. Yeah. give an example. I came in one day, uh, uptown, and there was a guy sitting there. You know, I'm a hat guy. Mm-hmm. There was a guy sitting there at the bar. He had a really nice hat on. And I walked up I walked up to him. I was like, look, brother, I, I'm sorry to tell you. You're going to have to get out. He was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I ain't going to have nobody in my establishment with a bad hat on him, man. You have to get the fuck out. <laughs> and that was D.O. Hughley. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, yeah. he, he wore my ass out the, rest uh, yeah. of the day. <laughs> He was on
0: you, he was oh, on you. Know yeah.
1: But you know, it was, but you know, I approach everybody. I, I learned that from my grandfather, you know, he approached everybody the same. Uh, we all people, we all, you know, men and women. Uh, and just love life, love people, man, that's, that's it.
0: Right, and so what are the, like, how many, okay, so you've met LeBron James. What are the, what's some other notable people that's came through this cigar lounge? I know it's been some big names. All right, so LeBron's
1: probably the biggest, a um, lot of lot of basketball players. Uh, I walked down one night and Dominique Wilkins was sitting in the back. Oh wow. So just smoking. My staff didn't even know who he was. Oh, wow. I was like, man, y'all so young. Yeah. I, I, I went up to him, sat down with him. Man, we talked for like three hours. Cool, mm-hmm. man. I used to have his poster on my wall. Mm-hmm dominique wilkins ed reed has become a good friend of, of taylor smoke mm-hmm. um like i said DL Hughley, rob lowe spent a day with us mm-hmm. um you know i have uh james worthy uh ron harper charles oakley spud webb of course Muggsy Bogues mm-hmm. uh was a regular before covid uh, lots of lots of basketball players I mean, Cam, of Cam course, came would come through. Um, you know, and when when people come to town, you know, they we the
0: word has kind of gotten out that they can come to Taylor Smoke and relax and not be bothered bothered by people and yeah. stuff like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then you can put in, you put them in this beautiful lounge. How did this lounge come about?
1: Okay, so when you when you were working with me. Mm-hmm. Uptown, I don't think we had a VIP lounge up there. At no, time. not at first. Okay, so what I noticed is that we had NBA All-Star coming up. Mm-hmm. And you know, you would have like, sometimes Cam would come, I saw he would come like a Saturday night and he'd stick his head in and he'd just leave because it was just too many people and it was nowhere for private. So the place, the space I was in was an old restaurant in the back used to be a kitchen. Mm-hmm. So I came up with the idea of creating a VIP space that was nicer than the rest of the space and private. Mm-hmm. And I created that before NBA All Star. So when people came for NBA All Star, they, they could rent that it. space out. Or if we had some of the NBA players or whatever, they could be back there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and it started to evolve. My locker members have access to the VIP lounge, it's mm-hmm. fingerprint control. And so when I did that, that sold out all the lockers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I got a cigar company to sponsor. And uptown the sponsor was Ventura Cigar Company. Mm-hmm. Here, this is the Oscar Valadares VIP Lounge. Mm-hmm. Oscar Valadares has the fastest growing, uh, he's the fastest growing. Uh, cigar maker in the industry mm-hmm. great products we formed a great relationship with him and so that's why we have his artwork and stuff on the walls and and everything so that makes financially you know they contribute which makes it better and easier for us to have really nice things
0: okay so speak about the relationship wise, and how important it is to have relationships in business, good relationships in business.
1: It is everything. Mm-hmm. It is everything. You know, a lot of people got money, mm-hmm. right? But money is not the end all to be on. In order for you know us to really do good business, then we've got to have we've got to be able to connect on some level. Right. And we have. With the cigar manufacturers, for example, with Oscar, um, we've got a great relationship. So much so that you know, the cigar that I'm smoking now is called the Cesarone. Mm-hmm. Right? Oscar created a special version of the Cesarone uh, that has my picture on it, mm-hmm. and it's a tailor-smoking oh, exclusive. Man. That's because of relationship. Mm-hmm. This is an Oscar Valladares lounge. The only Oscar Valladares lounge in the world because of relationship. Mm. Um, you know, I was able to open July 8th here because of relationships that I formed with the, the local leadership, law enforcement, stuff like that. Mm. Um, you can't just, now you're not gonna get along with everybody. Right. That's just human nature. But you can't be an asshole and expect to benefit because, I mean, people in different positions, I mean, think about it. think about something like a, a building inspector, right? Building inspectors don't necessarily make a lot of money, right? But when you need to do something, they wield total power. You know, if the building inspector was like, you know no this, this this electrical isn't right or this whatever we wouldn't be open right you know and not that they let you slide with stuff when you got a relationship with mm-hmm. them because they still got to protect the public but they're not assholes and, and they don't nitpick stuff that don't need to be nitpicked. nitpicked.
0: Because they can if they, they, can, to. If they want to. Uh-huh.
1: They can run you around for a year, man. Right, And you losing money the whole time.
0: Yeah, because you, you got to fix every little thing that they even yeah, it, that they even spot out that yeah. you, it probably doesn't where, really where, even matter. Where,
1: whether it's cold or not, if they say it and they document it in that report, you right. got to do it.
0: Right. And so you, you've had other relationships with other cigar companies, too. Because I remember you bringing in, you know, I can't think of the name at the time. You brought in somebody. And then we had, like, a whole cigar seminar or something oh, yeah. like that at Uptown. Yeah, so that so
1: that, that's one of the things that I think sets Taylor Smoke apart is we train our employees. We bring in the different manufacturers about once every six weeks. And we have them go through and explain their cigar, what's special about the cigar, where is it grown, how is it made, and all this. Because at Taylor Smoke, we tailor the experience to each person who walks in. Everybody that works here needs to be able to have an intelligent conversation about a cigar. Mm-hmm. So when you first came, you didn't even smoke cigars no. at all, <laughs> and you were a host. You weren't selling cigars, but you started coming to those trainings that we had. Mm-hmm. And guess what? At some point, I've seen you sell cigars. Mm-hmm. I've seen you smoke cigars, yeah. you know. And so that knowledge, if everybody on the staff is knowledgeable, then the, the clientele can really have a good experience and trust what we're providing for them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that tailored experience.
0: Is there some must in the cigar industry other than cigars? What's some must-haves that you have to have in this business or it won't grow or go anywhere other than cigars?
1: Hmm. You know, that is a very, very good question. Um, because I, I think there are some must-haves, but there are cigar lounges that don't have those mm-hmm. things. They still do okay based on where they're located, the market or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for a successful cigar lounge, uh, number one must have, need to have a good ventilation system. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Especially if you want a diverse crowd, you want women to come or whatever, people have to be able to breathe. Mm-hmm. And if you're not exhausting that smoke out and replacing it with fresh air, mm-hmm then you walk in and it's just a big, cl- big cloud. Cloud of smoke. And and people leave and they smell like an ashtray. Mm. You know, so ventilation is probably one of the more expensive things in having a lounge, but it's one of the, the most critical. Mm. But there are a lot of lounges that don't have good ventilation and they still do okay. Mm. But the ones that do have the good ventilation. Mm. Uh, so I think ventilation is, is a must. Um, And I think having somebody knowledgeable about the Mm product is also a must.
0: And why do you think it was so important? Because I remember um, when we. When you were starting the business, well, you was already in the business. I'm talking about when we we first had the the brick and mortar lounge in Mm -hmm. Uptown. Why was it so important for you to keep that lounge aspect in the forefront? Because we we were we were there. We we had like one TV. Mm-hmm. But you did not want you did not want TVs all around. You did, you just wanted to keep that certain aspect, right, of a lounge. Why was that so important?
1: Right, and and that's a good question. Uh, it's different strokes for different folks. I've been to some really nice cigar lounges that have TVs all around, but for me, I didn't want this to feel like a sports bar.
0: We're
1: mm. not a sports bar. Uh, I don't want it to feel like a nightclub. We're mm-hmm. not a nightclub. Taylor Smoke is designed for people to be able to enjoy each other Mm -hmm. sit down have a conversation i mean business personal whatever to sit down and connect and have a conversation so that's why it was always important to me to preserve and protect Mm -hmm. the lounge aspect of Taylor smoke.
0: okay that makes that makes perfect sense actually, mm-hmm. and then look, let's talk cigars then. So, right. what's the difference between certain wraps and okay? So the one that you have right now, mm-hmm. um, name, what's the name of that one again? This is the Oscar Cicerone. Okay, and then what kind of wrap is that, and how does their wraps affect the taste of a cigar?
1: Okay, all right. So I'm gonna take a step back just a little bit. A cigar has three components. Mm-hmm. You have your binder, your filler, and your wrapper, okay? The filler, when you look at the cigar, the filler is most of the tobacco that's in there, Mm -hmm. all right? And so it's bunched up, and that's a combination of different leaves to come up with a different flavor profile. And then that filler tobacco is wrapped by a leaf, a single leaf. Mm -hmm. That's called the binder. It holds it together. Mm -hmm. And then what you see on the outside here is the wrapper, all right? So the wrapper is usually a very high quality leaf Um, and it has to pass certain um, guidelines to be considered a wrapper. Now the wrapper is what your mouth actually touches. And believe it or not, the wrapper influences the flavor as much as the filler, Mm -hmm. even though the filler is a lot more tobacco than the wrapper, Mm -hmm. but it covers the surface area and that's what burns and that's, what generates a lot of the flavor. So you've basically got, I would say four categories of flavor profiles of a cigar. Mm-hmm. You have infused, which means something has been added to the cigar. Either it's been infused with bourbon or, or mm-hmm. cognac or some different spices or flavors mm-hmm. that the manufacturer put in. Um, then you have and so most of those are like sweet or something like that. Then you have the next category is a mild cigar. A mild cigar, this is not a 100% all the time true, but it's a good rule of thumb. A mild cigar generally will have a light-colored wrapper on it. So this is kind of a darker wrapper, but the lighter-colored wrappers are typically Connecticut. Uh, it's called a Connecticut leaf. And... A lot of it is actually grown, used to be grown, in the Connecticut River Valley and, North, and here in, the, in North America. Mm-hmm. So those are mild. When I say mild, the taste is mild. You know, a new smoker can smoke it. It's not gonna make you cough and choke and all that kind of stuff. And it's easy to smoke. Then you have your medium body cigar. So a lot of those wrappers will either be Habano or Corojo leaf which is like this and they have a little bit more complexity to it a little fuller body a little more sometimes you have a little more pepper a little little spice Um, and then you have your full body cigars Uh, a lot of maduros are full body cigars Mm. not all of them but a lot of them are has a very dark wrapper Mm. Uh, maduro means ripe and Spanish, so they actually, uh, with the Maduro leaf, they actually age the tobacco under, with more heat, more water, almost to the point of fermentation. That's why it gets so dark. Mm -hmm. And those have a lot full of flavor. Mm -hmm. They're not for, I would not recommend a Maduro to somebody that said they just started smoking cigars Mm -hmm. because it can be very uh, bold, a lot of pepper, a lot of spice, and a lot of smoke. And, you know, it can be hard to handle. Right. So those are the flavor profiles. And then you have the strength profiles, mm-hmm. um, which the strength profiles is influenced really by the amount of nicotine that's in there. That's in there. So if uh, a lahero leaf uh, is the are the leaves from the top part of the tobacco plant, mm-hmm. they get more sun, they get more nutrients. So they got a lot more nicotine. They're a lot stronger. So if you get a, cigar that has a lot of heroin in it, mm. man, you're gonna be a little
0: bit light here. Well, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. So so that's kind of a... Rundown. Brief, uh, brief synopsis. I, it's like a whole science to it.
1: Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, I am, I would not consider myself at all an expert on that science. You got these manufacturers, you got these blenders. I mean, you think about it, there are absolutely thousands upon thousands of combinations of tobacco plants leaves the position on the plant the field it's grown in Mm -hmm. i mean it's mind-blowing right and so it's actually a great time to be a cigar smoker right now Hmm. because you've got some really great um, blenders out there some really great manufacturers and you know there are a lot of great cigars to choose from right
0: now and so when you walk in to Taylor Smoke, how do you make your selection? Is it based upon your day? Is it based upon how you feel? Like, how do you make your selection?
1: Yeah. It, it, it's based on all that. What time of day? Mm-hmm. So usually uh, my
0: first cigar of the day
1: is gonna be a mild cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, the cigar that I was smoking when I pulled up was a, um, an Espinosa
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, La Ranja, which is a, a light cigar. By the way Espinosa mm-hmm. is about to be the sponsor of the lounge Uptown. Now, oh, wow. We're changing. Okay.
0: Uh, for the VIP lounge? For
1: the VIP lounge. Okay, yeah. cool. And so uh, I'll, I'll start with a mile and then I'll switch to medium and I'll probably stay on medium most of the day. Mm. And then uh, towards the end of the day, the last cigar or two I have will probably be full body. Mm. Because if you Now, some people start with full body straight in the morning mm. and, and they can do that. That's not my testimony. Right. You know, I gotta work my way up, but I'm also smoking six, seven cigars a day. Right. So, you know, I don't want to start with that full punch in the face right in the morning when I know that I'm
0: gonna be smoking okay. several cigars a day. all day. Yeah. Okay. That that makes perfect sense. And then when you think when you think about it, I would, What would people want to wind down at the end of the day? But. Like have like a mild is that is that like a thing too? Like when people have like a mild cigar at the end of the day, like oh I'm about to wind down and.
1: Well, it depends. There are people that that like to do that,
0: uh-huh.
1: but you know the having a full body cigar doesn't necessarily make you hype, even if it's full strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gonna mellow you out. Mm-hmm. But for me, you know, if I if I smoke all day and then I smoke a Connecticut at night. I can't even really taste it okay because i've been experiencing big bold flavors all day mm-hmm. and then you you pick up something that's mild and your previous cigars can really overpower it in your palate mm-hmm. and it's difficult to enjoy
0: okay and so being that like going farther farther down the timeline do you see anything in this business like cigar wise that's evolving is there anything that you see that you think that because, you know, we have we think about the trucking industry, we're thinking about oh, self-operated trucks or thinking about technology down the line. Do you see anything evolving with the cigar industry?
1: You know, I, I think at some point you will start to see. And this is just my opinion based on some things I've seen. Mm-hmm. I think at some point you'll start to see the marriage between tobacco and cannabis, hmm. there are already some cigars on the market that have, that are CBD infused, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I, as I go to the different trade shows and I see the stuff that's out there, uh, I think at some point somebody's going to make that innovation, and it's going to appeal to the cigar smoker and the weed smoker, right. and I think that's. I think that's going to happen
0: do you do you ever see yourself making a cigar one day
1: yes yes actually uh, we had a trip scheduled to go to Honduras last year when, when all hell broke loose I mm-hmm. uh, just started working on one and not that I would be the blender you know get into manufacturing but I would partner with a manufacturer to have a tailored smoke exclusive blend mm-hmm. that will not be found here like the Cicero, um the limited edition that I'm smoking can only be found here, mm-hmm. but I didn't have anything to do with blending that or picking the blend. Mm-hmm. It was an existing blend and just repackaged it. Okay.
0: But at some point, yeah. So what what can we look forward from Taylor Smoke? What can we look forward to from Taylor Smoke as.
1: yeah. You know, OK, so a couple of things, mm-hmm. one uh, consistency Mm -hmm. um every time you walk into a tailored smoke i want you to feel like you're important you're special Mm -hmm. and we care about the experience that you had Mm -hmm. that's what we focus on i think that's what sets us apart because look let's face it there's competition coming into the market especially uptown there there's one new lounge that opened a few months ago that's uh 1.2 miles away Mm -hmm and there's one that's getting ready to open that's three blocks away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're new and they're nice and they got the shiny new car smell. So what we have to do is we have to focus on giving the best experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell my staff all the time, we don't sell liquor and cigars, we sell an experience. And we have to excel at that. Mm-hmm. You can also look for some more tailored smokes in the uh, in the area in the next year or so. Mm-hmm. And and ultimately, I'm um, working on some deals so that you'd be able to find a tailor smoking just about any city you go into. Mm.
0: That's, so that's
1: that's, that's, that's the that's the that's the vision.
0: That's a big vision to have, and I know you're gonna. I know you're gonna get to it. So, in this day and age, how important is it to be an entrepreneur? You know, I know it's not for everybody, but I'm talking right. about the I'm talking about for the people that want to be it.
1: Yeah. I mean look, the thing about being an entrepreneur I mean it looks it looks cool and sexy on, on the front end but uh, you gotta be willing to work your ass off mm-hmm. and not give up and I mean people see me here um, you know smoking a cigar drinking a wood for shaking people's hands and laughing and talking but uh, they don't see I'm up at 7 o'clock in the morning uh, doing stuff they don't Know about the phone calls I get, and you know, it's 11 o'clock and the air conditioning stopped working, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and trying to figure out, you know, all these different government agencies and all the different taxes. And I mean, it is so I would say being an entrepreneur definitely ain't for everybody, but if that's in your heart and that's in your spirit, man get out there and don't give up. Every entrepreneur, every successful entrepreneur has had way more failed businesses than they've had successful businesses. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could fill up six podcasts talking about the businesses I started that flopped. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the thing is just don't be be discouraged. Mm -hmm. And, you know, learn from all of those failures, learn from all of those mistakes. And on your next business,
0: don't do that again, right. <laughs> you know. What I'm right. Saying? So, but it takes experience, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't really know personally any entrepreneur that started out with their first business, and that's what they're still doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I. I mean, I've, I've I've always had some kind of hustle on the side, even though I had a good career. I always had a hustle on the side, mm-hmm. and you know, at some point. So if you do, if you are an entrepreneur and you do have a job and, you know, your, your side, your side hustle, I almost said side hustle. <laughs> <what it> <laughs> <laughs> <what it> <laughs> if your side hustle uh, really starts to move, you got to put a plan in place to transition. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't want to just jump out there. Remember, I told you the story. I said, okay, I'm gonna give myself a year of really tightening up some stuff on this side mm-hmm. so that it can replace my salad. Mm-hmm. But when that time comes, don't be afraid to jump. You're not going to have all the answers. It's not going to be a guarantee, but you got to trust in the Lord and you got to trust in yourself gotcha. and you jump out there and do it.
0: So I want to end this on some, a little bit, a little bit of some advice from you, the owner of two very successful cigar lounges. What is some advice that you would give Yourself five years down the line, looking back at this. Hmm.
1: So, what, let me let me make sure I understand the question. What is some advice I would have given myself five years ago?
0: Five years ago, ago that's what I meant. Okay. Who boy? <laughs>
1: I don't know if I should say that. Um. I I would say one thing I would say to myself is don't confuse business with pleasure. Because, you know, in this business, it's a fun business and you can get caught up into the fun and stuff and sometimes and not make the best decisions for the business that can set you back or or create a risk of sending you back. Um, So I've evolved now. I keep it. I know how to separate it now. But in the beginning, I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was enjoying myself. Okay. Probably a little too much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My God, President. Right. Man, man, President, it's been great sharing for you sharing your story with us. We we are thankful for you to even let us in your your establishment. Let oh, us, you you're, know. Your family, baby. You always welcome. Thank you so much. Let them know where they can find you at, where they can find you on social media and all your places that they can okay. find all you. Okay. All
1: right. So. Uh, social media wise we're on Facebook and Instagram on Facebook is Taylor smoke cigar lounge Um, Instagram is Taylor smoke Uh, my location uptown is at the epicenter 210 East trade Street Mm -hmm. Suite B 132 in Concord we are 8633 Concord Mills Boulevard and you can check out our website at www.taylorbsmoke.com
0: Gotcha, man. Like always, make sure you guys like, share, subscribe. Push your feck, and we out.